This is HRT, a podcast featuring interviews with HR leaders, researchers, students, and influencers. HRT takes trending topics and research in human resources, steeps them for 30 minutes or less, and leaves you with fresh brewed ideas on how to drive high-performing, inclusive organizations and create meaningful work experiences. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD, the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of HRT. I am your host, Bethany Adams. I love HRT, but truth be told, I am a coffee drinker. On today's episode of HRT, I sit down with Jack Templin. Jack is the Chief Programs Officer and President of Industrial Divisions at AD, or Affiliated Distributors. And before I dive into today's episode, I have to share a little personal side story with you. I have actually known Jack for... I think almost 25 years of my life. I grew up across the street from his family. I babysat his three daughters through my high school years, and I have stayed close to him and his wife, Shelly, who are two of the reasons that I ended up attending Texas A&M University, which is where I went to college. Jack and Shelly are both big Aggies, and I grew up seeing their love of Texas A&M, the amazing traditions of the school, and the community of Ags who they stayed close to. And it made me know that I wanted that spirit and that culture in the place that I wanted to go to college. And it's a place that I knew I would find purpose. And that's why I ended up at Texas A&M. Ironically, today's episode is all about culture and purpose and values, but not those at a university, those at organizations and that organizations create to engage and motivate their employees. So Jack, Chief Programs Officer, you'll notice that's not an HR title. Jack is a senior business leader at AD. And I thought it would be interesting for us, mostly HR listeners, to step outside of our HR bubble and hear from a business leader on how the topics that we pour over every day, like engagement, culture, job fit, retention, resonate with a non-HR business leader and how he thinks about those areas relating to business strategy. So to get started, I asked Jack to tell us a little bit about AD. Sure. So AD stands for Affiliated Distributors, and we're essentially a buying group, a marketing group that has a collection of over 600 small and medium and, and even some large businesses, typically privately owned or family owned, but not always. And these small businesses, we kind of unify them under a common cause to help them compete with multinational corporations in their respective industries. AD has got seven industries that they participate in today. We have members that are part of AD, and we negotiate on their behalf to try to get them better programs from suppliers by trying to capitalize on the scale that we have. Because combined, we're fairly substantive. Our members on an annualized basis in 2018 will have done $41 billion wow. in sales. So, and the largest of width might be, you know, a billion and a half or a billion dollars, but we have a number of members that are, you know, $20 million and, and smaller businesses. So some people might refer to us a bit of a co-op, although that's a specific 
business model that we are not, but we operate very much the same way. Yeah, because they're more powerful together than they are separate. So with a company that has lots of different types of clients and customers, what's the culture like at AD for your employees? What do you guys focus on? Our culture is very, very purposeful. It's about as purposeful as any place I've ever worked before. And I've been there through the process in which we decided to make it purposeful. If you go on our website, we have 34 fundamentals that we wrote ourselves with some outside help that identify the things that we aspire to be. It's what makes AD AD. You know, you know every company has values and mission statements and all these kinds of things. And this is the first time in my career that I've actually you know, been in the room when we wrote them um, wow. start to finish because not that we didn't kind of know, but we never really memorialized them in writing. So, you sure, know, probably makes you have some ownership over making sure you, you live those out. Right. And the fundamentals are a really big part of what we do. There's 34 of them and they include a bunch of different things like practicing blameless problem solving and, <laughs> um, you know, being honest. And there's a little writing with every one of them. But what's interesting is we actually, if there's an AD meeting, of three or more people, we kick off the meeting with a review of one of the fundamentals. Oh, we have cool. to, um, and then we talk about what it means to the people in the room, including if there's vendors in the room or if there's outside parties. Those of us who've been in the industry, it's oftentimes when you go into facilities that have a safety component, it's not uncommon to get a safety briefing, you know, at the beginning of any meeting yeah. to make sure that people talk about safety. And it's very similar to that in that we discuss one of the fundamentals. And at the beginning of each week, an email comes out from a member of the leadership team that kind of reviews that fundamental of the week, tells a little personal story and how it related to them personally. And then midweek, we actually have a one-question email quiz that goes out to all employees <laughs> that actually does kind of a scenario in which you put the fundamental in practice. And we have high compliance. You know, usually it's 99% or you know, employees. And it's really been an outstanding tool that we use to try to create and maintain culture. You know, culture's not forever. No, absolutely and so not. When we bring in new employees, we share this with them. We ask them how they feel. And people are really encouraged because it really, in a nutshell, explains a lot about the company they're about to go to work for. All right. So to some of you listening, you're probably thinking that this sounds a little cheesy. Really, every time three people get together to discuss something at this company, they have to start by talking about one of 34 fundamentals. 34? But research and history proves that values cannot simply be something on a wall that you claim to support. Any organization can post a set of values on their corporate website or on the wall in the front office. But those espouse values do not get incorporated into the culture of the organization unless there is action linking those values to behaviors. Integrity and respect were two of the core values for Enron, and we all know how that turned out. For AD to invest time reviewing values, not just quarterly in some organizational level communication, but rather in small team meetings, shows a commitment to what they say they value and the process of linking it to the behaviors and actions of employees. So, to Jack's point, culture is not forever. For AD to maintain their values, they need to not only actively incorporate them into the business strategy and employee behaviors, but also seek employees out who embody those values to add to their team and contribute to this culture. Now, as an aside, I want to be clear here that hiring for values and culture 
is not the same as hiring for cultural fit. We see often that organizations who use the mentality of hiring for cultural fit fall into this pattern of hiring people who are like those already in the organization. And to some of the points that we've discussed over the last few episodes of HRT on diversity and inclusion, hiring people who are like those already in the organization will stop any DNI efforts in their track. Cultural fit means someone that is the same as what we already have. But cultural contribution is someone who embodies the values of our organization and will add to, not just fit in with, the culture that we have and need to create for the future. So I was curious how AD was incorporating these values into their hiring and development practices. Well, obviously, before we share the fundamentals with them, we might craft some questions that we direct towards the candidate that we try to extract how they fit culturally into our organization. And, you know, we're asking questions about how, how do they feel about them. You know, we f- send it to them in advance or ask them to look at it. We might pick one or two and say, what is this? You know, how do you, how do you fit into this particular fundamental? We have a very driven and high-performance culture with high expectations. It's an outstanding, you know, place to work. But it's not for everybody, right? You got to be ready to you know, go to work every day and work hard. And we don't really have any managers per se. Everybody has to be an individual contributor in their own right. So we have no pure supervisory positions. I mean, they, That's interesting. Well, there's certainly supervision, don't get me wrong. We do have management structure, but there's no one whose sole job is just to manage people. They have yeah. a, tasks of their own because we just have, we have, a, lot, we have a lot to get done. So. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty lean structure, too, where everybody's contributing. Yeah, it's very lean, very flat, and everybody's kind of aligned towards a common goal, which is really to help our members, suppliers, you know, and ultimately associates kind of grow and prosper is what our mission statement says. And it really is, you know, we live it every day. So as a business leader, but not working in an HR function or an HR role, how often do you think about HR-related problems or issues? Well, it's kind of interesting. In my current role, AD is a relatively small company in terms of number of employees, and even in terms of number of direct reports, it's not as substantive as maybe I've had in other jobs in my career. I used to work for Stanley Black & Decker, and that's tens of thousands of employees. And when I was in that role, when I would travel, I traveled with my finance guy and my HR guy. There was three of us that would travel together, you know, to go to various plants or to go to, you know, to have various meetings. At AD, we're really lean, and I think of HR when I need to address specific HR-related issues. Am I looking for somebody? Do I have a performance-related issue? Am I working on a reorg or a structure that makes the company perform better? And then I lean on HR heavily for organizational alignment, you know, finding and screening people, and probably most importantly, the development and the retention of the good ones that we have. You know, it's really competitive out there, and you want to make sure that you don't lose people because you weren't developing them or trying to give them a path for a career. Absolutely. So thinking about some of these HR things, what do you think going into this year is going to be your biggest HR-related no problem, challenge, like what is most on your mind when it comes to HR? The job market right now is very tight. Good people are appreciated by all. 
And so, you know, to a certain extent, everybody's vulnerable to having people poached or, you know, taken from them or them finding better opportunities. And so trying to create an environment in which they really don't want to go anywhere is really important. So how, what are the steps that you guys take to develop, to focus on making sure that they stay and they want to stay? You know, once again, it's a really cool place to work. And while we're not bringing pets to work yet, um, (laughs) (laughs) we are very flexible. We listen to what the needs are of our employees. We benchmark our benefits against peer companies. And we have requests from employees about enhanced benefits. And then we listen and act. We have a best places to work committee. And we have engagement surveys. And then when we do an annual engagement survey, we look at our weaknesses as identified by employees, and then the best places to work committee is charged with recommendations and actions to the leadership team or within the company that would you know, address some of the weaker areas I in the that. engagement survey. And so in the end, you know, we have a great facility. We try to be flexible around our employees. We listen to them around benefits and compensation as well. We focus on things that matter to keep them happy. Now, as a little proof that Jack's company isn't just talking the talk, AD was named in the 2019 Top Workplaces list by the Philadelphia Inquirer. This list is created solely on employee feedback from an anonymous third-party survey measuring several aspects of workplace culture, including alignment, execution, and connection. So AD is walking the walk that they talk. Research tells us that getting feedback from employees, like engagement surveys, is important to measure and align with culture. But this internal best places to work committee at AD takes it a step further. It gives employees a voice and a platform for action. Taking the feedback from employees is one thing, but when employees are trusted to make recommendations and take action on that feedback, you are increasing not only the satisfaction for those employees, but their commitment to the organization. One of our values, or one of our 34 fundamentals, I think it's number 34, and it's really important culturally, and that is we believe strongly in giving back as an organization. And so not only do we have PTO days, but we have CTO days, which are community service days, um, where people at their discretion can go serve in the community. And then at least a couple times a year, you know, we do community service as a company. We shut it down, we go to a food bank, we go pack food, we go fold clothes. We've done a number of different things for nonprofits all around the area. That's awesome. Living out those fundamentals. So tell me, what is your favorite part about your job? I really enjoy the people and the team that we have and the relationships that we spend so much time with. But, you know, my favorite part about the job is our cause. Not everybody has a job where you have what I call a causal component, right? And the causal component of AD is to help these businesses that are members of ours, and now owners, by the way, they actually own AD. We help these members and owners do things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do for themselves because of their size. We leverage their scale to have programs and services that they wouldn't otherwise get that allow them to compete and succeed. In some cases, you know, our members would literally go out of business if it wasn't for what we do for them. So that's a cause that I feel pretty passionate about because some of these companies are sixth generation mom and pop distributorships, as some people would call them. And they're under tremendous pressure 
to compete with multinational corporations yeah. that are, you know, $10 billion. And having this cause helps you get up in the morning and feel yeah. good about what you do. What Jack just described, what he enjoys most about his job is a sense of purpose. The organization is creating value for their customers. And it's a purpose that Jack and likely most of the AD employees internalize and create meaning in their personal work. You know, meaningful work is something that we talk a lot about in our HR courses here at Villanova. Research in the area of meaningfulness, engagement, and commitment has been increasing over the last decade. And what has been found will come as no surprise to anyone listening, but that is employees are increasingly questioning the nature of their work and defining themselves by the meaning that they get in their work. Considering that most of us, at least here in the United States, spend more time at work than we do anywhere else, it is not shocking that we would want to derive meaning from the work that we do. This makes it increasingly important for organizations to focus on values, culture, and purpose in the jobs that they create and the employees they select for those positions. It is no surprise that AD was on the best workplaces list because all of the examples that Jack has described today from their 34 fundamentals, from employee CTO time, and meaningful connections with customers, these are how AD ensures employees are engaged by the work and committed to the organization's success. All right, this wraps up another episode of HRT. On our next episode, I will catch up with two Villanova HRD alumni, Hallie Thompson and Rita Snell. After graduating from VUHRD, Hallie and Rita both started in an HR leadership rotational program at Thermo Fisher Scientific, and I sat down to hear how they were applying their education into their new positions. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember, whatever you are drinking, tea, coffee, or something a little bit stronger, I hope it leads you to new ideas that will help make work better for all of us. Cheers. Thank you for listening to HRT. As your thoughts from today's episode steep, share with us what you're brewing using the hashtag HRT. That's hashtag H-R-T-E-A. H-R-T is brought to you by Villanova H-R-D. To learn more about the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University and for all the links and notes from today's episode, visit the Villanova H-R-D blog at villanovahrd.com.